The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey, listen. See, I wish I was rolling on that. Oh, damn. Have to reset the tape. We, we once recorded for an hour just a conversation about, like, who knows what it was and, like, never started recording. Yeah, well, yeah, I was going to refi on my mortgage and welcome to One Up's <laughs> Yeah, I'm one of your hosts, Michael Swaim. I'm the other host, Adam Ganser. And with us is a very special guest. Please introduce yourself to uh, Hello, I'm your extraneous third wheel, Brian Brushwood. Uh, now they know co- your <laughs> Co-host uh, of The Modern Rogue. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and, 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 and now employer of John Cheese. Absolutely. Right. I'm so excited about this. Thank you so much on both counts, and thanks for taking the time. Uh, oh, my God. It's good yeah. having you. So it was such a weird thing, because when, when the diaspora happened from, mm-hmm. from Cracked, the con- <laughs> diaspora. Uh, from the old place, <laughs> yeah. right. uh, I, I was following, and I didn't, at some point, I figured out, like, oh, wait, John Cheese follows my stuff, and I follow his stuff. Uh, but but we didn't ever talk talk. And then there was this moment where I, where I, I was like, hey, man, are you okay? You want to chat over DM? And, and we ended up on the phone, and I was like, okay, look, I got this nutty idea. I've always wanted to expand into articles and stuff. I mean, I don't know. Would you be? And, and it seems to, I mean, here we are eight months later. We just had our one millionth page view, which I'm really excited shit, about. Man, yeah. Great. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. That's I great, keep man. looking at our uh, SoundCloud just because... It's funny how any website that gives you a number you care about and we you wouldn't monkey. have. Our yep. dumb monkey brains can't you help. Would, you would not have attached your self-esteem to that number, but the number's there now. Yeah. So on our SoundCloud, it's like you have 465 total views, listens of all your episodes ever. And I'm like, when that gets to a million, I'm going to just come like yeah. i don't know <laughs> you're like well and, and the worst part is after you ejaculate along with the shame of having jerked off into the coffee you're, you're gonna feel like uh like oh well now okay i guess that's done five just, million right max. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. yeah exactly yeah who knows when you'll come again too yeah. you know like, <laughs> yeah. coming in yeah uh yes definitely check out modernrogue.com great stuff yeah themodernrogue.com uh, we we're, we're late to that yeah, yeah. The. <laughs> the real modern rogue. it's, easy to, <laughs> it's yeah. easy to remember it's like the netflix yeah. <laughs> um, but this is one upsmanship. So instead of a man, I'd love to have an episode where we just talk about crack shit. 
we've had several. People are really and people for care. That. People care. Yeah. yeah, but instead, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the secrets remain. We're talking about video games. Yeah, we are. Uh, and today we're talking about a roguish little game. Yeah, <laughs> I like your style. Called StarCraft. Yep. And full disclosure, I think our original intent was Red Dead Redemption. Right. You're okay. in the midst of you that. Fucking outed me. I can't believe that. Okay. It right. happens on the show. Are you well, liking he it? He does though? do that. Oh, you I said you're. I, a I bit love it. It's it. great. So, so the thing is, is I held off. I, I, I guess I was delusional. I just, I was hmm. like, well, Grand Theft Auto made it to PC, and all these other Rockstar games made it to PC. Yeah, they're weird I'm about sure that. I'm sure it'll happen. But from what I understand, like just the assets are, it would cost so much to redo it for the PC. Yeah. That they're like, it's just never gonna happen. Yeah. And so Damn. once. Once that became a fact to me, I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll do a console thing. And so I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of it, but the pacing of the storytelling on Red Dead Redemption is fantastic. It's like, you know, it, it gets exciting. It hints at uh, the backstory of, of yeah. uh, yep. um, I want to say James Marsden. That's not his name. <laughs> John, John Marsden. Okay, there you yeah. go. Uh, and then, uh, uh, but, then, but then I like those quiet moments of just like, you know, handling your shit Absolutely. in the wild like you would. I got to be honest. Sometimes I want to call you Guybrush Threepwood. Have you heard that before? Oh, my God. I, <laughs> okay. I was in eighth grade when that came out. And wow. I was like, that's... Odd, yeah. Like, like that's very that's close a to deep my name. Pole. I, I didn't even no, occur to me. Monkey just Island's now. big. People know Monkey Island. Yeah, yeah. enough. Guy I didn't. So I, fair enough. Every one of them <laughs> thinks they're the first to point <laughs> that out. Sure, sure. Yeah, obviously. Uh, so we're not talking about Red Dead, although I do think I'm excited for you to finish it. I'd love to hear and you. And we like, will check talk back about in. it. Oh, we'll cover yeah. it. Because, but John what, Marston it, is one of my favorite rogues, like classic rogues is, in a long is, time. Is there a, especially considering the ending, which we won't spoil for you. Okay, <laughs> if I go home and then I really put forth the effort, is there yeah. a chance I could finish it fast enough to come back and and talk about it? Absolutely, okay, of course. I'll hop on when you're around, plane. Man. we're gonna do whatever. This. Whatever. 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 Yeah. Uh, we, we know we're going to cover that game this year, too. We better get into StarCraft. We should. <laughs> yeah, we really right. should. So let's pass a checkpoint. We can all sip our coffees. Mm, it's good. <sighs> and since our progress is saved, we get right to the speed run. All right. So it's like someone who has, you know, hasn't played this before. Okay. But at the same time, as fast as you can, start the clock. Uh, all right. So uh, uh, there's a company named Blizzard. It made a lot of money with a game called Warcraft 2. And then they figured out what if we tried to do three different types of classes instead of uh, two different skins of orcs and humans. Uh, and then they, uh, uh, they somehow hit a perfect level of play balance. It became super popular in Korea. Uh, then there was StarCraft 2. That uh, I, I, uh, that was fucking great. Somehow they, they tied in a bunch of narrative elements and you actually cared about this uh, rebel uh, Jim Rayner. Uh, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about StarCraft 1. Oh, also uh, Blizzard hired uh, their own cinematics department, which is why they redefined gaming by putting high quality cinematics in all of their games. And they made all the money on the planet. And there was going to be a world of StarCraft and then there wasn't. That's nice. easily my favorite speedrun. The best speedrun so ever. Had. Easily, and there was had... real passion in that. I don't know if it translated, but like this man was really going for this. Well, I was worried when you started because you start with there's a company called Blizzard, and I'm like, he's starting way too bad, far back. In the process. But you nailed it. Yeah, that was really good. way to ellipse like 15 years. You're like, and then he there did. was StarCraft two, as if it just came out. <laughs> No, StarCraft 2 was, we waited for that oh shit. Oh, my God. See, that <laughs> shit was tantric, man. Yeah, it really was. But <laughs> yeah. I would argue that it is that is the right way to summarize the experience of this, though. I mean, well, I'll do that in my rant, that what he just did is, like, there's a reason why that happened. Checkpoint. Yeah. Rant away, my friend. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, go for so it. I just wanted to add to, just, just for some context, this was released in 1998, and it received somehow an 88 on Metacritic, which is pretty low for this game. Um, StarCraft is the only real-time strategy game that I still occasionally play. And 
since it has been around since I graduated high school, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, that is really crazy. Um, Starcraft, How often occasionally? Um, at this point, when I need to talk about it, which sure. is, you know, once or <laughs> okay. twice a year. Yeah. Uh, but I probably played it for five or six years somewhat regularly. And then, like, you know, once in a while, just fire it up when I feel like it and I have my computer all set up and everything. I just do it. Um, Starcraft is fun. I don't care about the story. I know that we're going to talk about it, but... Uh, you know, spoiler alert! All of us had to look up what the story was because none of us fucking remembered it. Because it doesn't matter. This and we've all ga- played this game a lot. Yeah, <laughs> this is a game that doesn't have a lot of story that matters. It has a lot of story, it turns out, but not that matters. I, I think I think it's worth clarifying that you're you're definitely talking about StarCraft One because yes. StarCraft Two was yes. was an amazing achievement. Correct. I never would have believed that depth of storytelling would be possible in a real time strategy game. Totally, StarCraft Two. Uh, I'll talk about that some other time, but, or maybe later. So, yes, yeah, so just StarCraft 1. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, I would say StarCraft is the most important real-time strategy game we've ever seen. Um, I will put it up against Civ or Warcraft or whatever the fuck else. It's the one. Age of Empires. Um, yeah, Age of Empires. Ooh, I'll put it up against that. Yeah, uh, I would say it's the best version of Rochambeau that I can immediately access in my brain. It's the best at that, and Blizzard as a company Shit. is the best at that. Um I think Holy that StarCraft, shit. bizarrely having only three different races, also has enough individuality that everyone can sort of do a form of self-expression when they play this game. And that's a really interesting and, I think, amazing accomplishment for a company. Um, and that's really what I have to say about it. I have to take player two. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> I knew you were going to do this. You did the speed run, give you some time, you know, formulate your rant. But I think it's... Quite a claim to say it's the best Rochambeau system of all time because it's crazy to me how many games you get to the bottom of and they're Rochambeau. They may be Rochambeau with five things, like when you're on the playground and you're like, let's add vampire fangs and dynamite and they do this and that. But at the end of the day, ooh, that's a big crown. Like we've also talked about how Far Cry 5 may be the new modern era king murder simulator. <laughs> and, Jeez. and I think that's quite a crown to claim. And I would say... I'm not saying you're wrong, but like I really have to mull over. But it's scary. This, it's a scary the, claim. That's a scary claim that yeah. it's the best Rochambeau. What? My rant on it, yeah, what? Well, I was, I was going <laughs> to ask, like, it's so difficult for me to divorce the storytelling from the gameplay aspect. And, and I honestly, mm. self-evaluating, I can't tell how much of it I love uh, for the storytelling elements of the world building and the, uh, uh, the aesthetics of it. In your rant, you should talk about the cinematics because yeah. y- you've mentioned that a few times and I'm curious to see what you have to say about that. Oh, sure. And yeah, we'll get yeah. into this in game on. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I can split the storytelling from the gameplay, especially because so much of the game for me when I was playing was a reiterative loop of playing someone online. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people that becomes the heart of the game. My basic rant on Blizzard is when I wanted to be an artist, they're the only game company I applied to. They're the only game company I ever sent a writing packet to. I really admire them as a company. I think they may have the best like fine artists, like actual painted pieces like if you look at their this is weird to say but all their box art and instruction manual art like i'm a big fan of the dungeons and dragons monster manuals sure and blizzard stuff is right up there with that or like the best magic cards yeah Uh, that's actually a really good metaphor because i think i spent more time reading the monster manuals and fantasizing about playing dungeons and dragons than i did actually playing dungeons and dragons and adam and i have both admitted to each other we spend 
endless hours making sure on Wikipedia that we understand who Shatterstar and Mojo World are, like all the Marvel interconnections and backgrounds. Then we hear a new Marvel movie's coming out and we're like, who cares? Right. <laughs> but there's something, it's like the world wrestling model or the Pokemon model, which didn't get me, but I get it. There's something about like a set of things to learn about. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I have think to know them like all. Autistic folks will often end up knowing every train that ran in a certain year, like every horse that won the Kentucky Derby. Um, but yeah, just to wrap up my rant, I do think Blizzard continuously and repeatedly makes the best loops, which is another crazy hot take because we yeah. talk about loops on this show a lot. But I think... No, well, when you say loops, uh, that sounds like a shorthand for something. It does. Uh, I mean, yeah. And the, thank you for asking to clarify. Feedback, like the basic action that you're doing. Like the idea that in my favorite is, I truly believe my pet theory is... GoldenEye was such a phenomenon, literally because it was the first game where when you shoot them in the arm, their arm jerks back. And when you shoot them in the leg, their legs jerks back. Yep. When you shoot them in the head, they die immediately. So that visceral loop of being like, I like the way this feels when I interact with it. And my case in point is always Diablo, because they supported Diablo and Diablo 2 online for decades longer than they had to. And when I would check in occasionally, there's still tons of people there and all they're doing is moving their cursor and clicking on something. And it's that enjoyable that yeah, they stick around. I, I think, I think that says a lot. Loops are to games what tropes are to movies. There you go. You know, Got like, it. So you're talking about those serotonin hits that yeah. you get. Like when, yes. when you finish organizing your in, uh, right. inventory in Diablo, Diablo, you're like, well, my marriage is in shambles and I'm <laughs> uh, still fighting addiction, but at least that part exactly. is right. Maybe a new wife will drop in the new dungeon. And if you're in <laughs> South Korea, you're like, if I get four more levels, this will be a commercially viable career for me. Yeah. Right, right. Which is an interesting situation. Uh, They're ahead of us there. Situation. They're yeah. ahead of us. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah. Good luck, Trump. (laughs) (laughs) That's some that's happening as we record this. Yeah. So if the episode gets cut off, it's because a North Korean nuke landed. It's because North Korea has militarized real-time strategy games. They've they're organizing an active hive mind to decide how to deploy troops. It's because Trump whipped out his dick at the meeting, and they're like, "Well, we gotta launch the nuke." Kim Jong Un had a ghost looking right at us this whole time. All right. Yeah. Oh, that's my rant. Player three, <laughs> Brian, please. Yeah. This is the rant, just in case you're unclear from the shoddy examples we gave, is unlike the speed run where you're like, this is what it's about, your feelings, your emotions. If you were Siskel or Ebert, you know, what's your quick take on so how good this or bad was it was? The beginning. I am a sucker for video game cinematics. Uh, what I love about them, uh, you know, some of the great ones, like think of uh, Left for Dead. I, I've rewatched hmm. that cinematic about as much as I played the game. And the more you watch it, you realize somebody was tasked, some group of people were tasked, like, these are the characters, this is the story elements. You need to make all of this apparent in a four minute vignette that will be engrossing or whatever. Yeah. All of that was taken to the next level when that that StarCraft cinematic drop. Same with uh, the very first Diablo, right? It was the first time that it felt like a cinematic experience. Like, oh my God, this is a movie trailer. Yeah, I can't, the I can't opening get of, of Diablo blew your mind. That, that moment, like, it goes so quiet, and then you just yeah. hear the scream of Diablo <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. And what I think is really interesting is this is of a time in the late 90s. So every time there's a new mode of storytelling communication, they try to ape the previous mode. And at first, that's a compliment of it. Yes. So uh, originally, you would go to plays, and you would see musicals or whatever. And then when movies came out, they would say like, oh, it's it's so, um, uh, oh, I forget the, the positive version of the word, but it's basically, you know, it's it's, it's like a musical. It's atrocious. Uh, yeah, well, but later, <laughs> 
they would say, no, 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 this looks staged. So they're still calling it a play, but now it's a negative thing. Right. And likewise with video games, we saw it. This is that beginning euphoria before yeah. full motion video made everything garbage. Yep. You know, we, we would say, we called it like, holy shit, this is cinematic before we would call it on rails right. and, and, and as a negative thing. Before Metal Gear Solid 4, where you're like, come on, Hideo Kojima. There's no skip button on this shit. Exactly. <laughs> right. I, I would argue much earlier than you just said. Okay. From the Before very beginning. Four? All right, yeah. all right. <laughs> but there was something about that time that, plus also think about structurally. This is when uh, most people were moving, or many people were moving from dial-up to some kind of cable modem mm. or universities had high-speed internet. So it was the first time you could afford the expense of putting out the trailers and making that part of the whole experience. We were also moving, uh, finally CDs were, had penetrated uh, the, the yeah. market. And so you, you could do all of that. Um, I deeply adore the uh, the aesthetics the the world building the background voice acting and all of that that uh, that that blizzard has done and i think this is the beginning of their ascendancy because it felt like more than any other video game had at that time that's a cool take yeah i i don't think this that much about the cinematics uh, I also want to add. Well, let's go on and save our progress. Sure. Just in case one of us dies by nuclear hellfire and we have to reset. That would be a very precise nuke. This does bring <laughs> just us, one us to just one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Game on. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
Yeah. Where it is a free for all for the remainder of the episode. Adam, I believe, has the first volley yeah. of tiny little pixelated dots that will destroy us if they touch us. They will. Yeah. <laughs> I've been planning it. Uh, so, just to put this in context, a year before this, Final Fantasy VII came out. I. That's what I wanted and to bring up. Was the FF7. same year as this, uh, Ocarina of Time came out. Now, I want to use Ocarina of Time to talk about the cinematics here because Nintendo I think, boy. No, no, it's because, because when people think of like storytelling in this era, that's the game they go to. I think it's FF seven, dude. I think that was the other one. That's and why I, I just, them both like, up. it's crazy to me how go back and watch toy story one. And you'd be like, Oh, I thought the CG was good. I don't yeah. remember it looking so weird. And of bad. course I, I just had that experience with Incredibles one. I was watching yeah. it going yeah. into Incredibles two. And I was like, I mean, the fabric and hair still looks pretty good, I guess. It's so memorable. I haven't seen it since theaters. Yeah. And I bet if when it, I rewatch you, you've it, you've built like, it up in your Whoa. mind, I guarantee. And, and bizarrely, we do forgive some things that we thought were bad at the time. Like, that's again, true. I would like the mummy. Is you a mean good like uh, Cloud Stripes Popeye forearms? Yeah. yeah. I'll, but I'll just say is what's crazy is I've had a, one of the most common shared experiences I've stumbled upon with other gamers our ages. I remember the FF7 cutscenes totally. being photorealistic. Oh yeah. Like tricking my eye and to they the super point aren't. where I yeah. thought it was real life. Right. <laughs> They're like slightly better than the awful graphics that right. were on PS1. Yeah, totally. So it's, you were saying Right. So on that vein, as long sure, as we're sure, filming sure. the yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy deaths, uh, have any of you guys want, went back and watched the Final Fantasy movie? No. I, I never saw it. I remember like thinking like this is supernatural what's happening and my guess is it does not age very well yeah, yeah. no way I, like, that's like i know that's gonna be bad I right just, like i don't even need to see it I, which is why yeah. yeah that's interesting that eight bits is immune from that the done you don't get close enough to the uncanny valley for it to become a problem i think it started to become a problem when we made realistic 3d modeling yeah that's when it started so ocarina of time in contrast to this the reason i think these cinematics exist is because at this time People were either console gamers or PC gamers, right? That was like a really wide gulf. It's still a gulf, but it's like less so now. And I think the cinematics that they were creating for StarCraft were selling the power of PC gaming. Yeah. And that's part of why that was our beginning point for that. Because you can't make the real-time strategy part of the game look better than I'm so what bad at this. Do you know what console was concurrent with the StarCraft PlayStation 1? No, nope, not even like PlayStation Like what generation? 1. Yeah, uh, uh, Nintendo 64. That's where yeah. Ocarina was on. N64 it, 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 could not as run a fact, on StarCraft. StarCraft <laughs> it, 1 it came, came out on the N64. Two years Whoa, later. Which yeah, I could not shit. comprehend how yeah. you would even play that on a, on a, without a mouse and with keyboard. With the stick. I had it. Yeah. It, it, how, how did it play? How yeah, really? yeah, fine. It's a good port. I mean, it's, it's a good port. I'm, I'm using quote fingers. It's a good port in the sense that you can play the game on there and it's it runs. Sure. It's not fun because it is a mouse and keyboard game. You, you, so. you have to use the thumb thing as yeah, a mouse, basically? as I recall. Uh, do you see uh, any downgrade in the quality of the full motion videos? I'm sure you do. Okay. I'm sure you do. I didn't look this up, but I'm sure right, you right, do. Right, 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 right. You know, I, I didn't have a PC at that time, so yeah. I didn't play it on PC until much later when it came out for Mac. That's when I started to play it. Uh, but I think that's why those cinematics were existed is, is basically a PC game has to sell you the power of the PC first and then the game. Right. Because Wait, at that time, I, I, you're doing, I think that's yeah. seasonal. I think there are yeah, times that's true and there's times that that's not true. Uh, but it was then when Nintendo 64 correct, was the correct. hot thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And that, and I think that's interesting because now you go back, I just watched some of these trailers cause you were talking about it in the emails and they are much, much better than the polygonal 
stuff from Final Fantasy VII or certainly from Ocarina of Time. And I don't remember, like you said, Brian, there even being ad pushes for things like FF7 other than in video gaming culture magazines and, and in the within the... But uh, like within the community, through. but Starcraft. That's what I'm through. saying is I think yeah, yeah. As you pointed out, it's one of the Starcraft was one of the first things where they're like mainstream advertising to get yeah. this thing out. But We're gonna y- cut. You know a what's trailer. funny is I have no memory of ever seeing any of those ads on television. I just remember it was concurrent with you know finally we were just barely breaking out of the dial-up days of the internet. Yes. And even then, I think I probably downloaded you know the 150 megabyte trailer over dial-up. I was like, probably went to yeah. bed. Let's just start yeah. this, and I'll have yeah. it in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and and I I, th- I think that. Uh, there was something about that time that just it was simultaneously a celebration of how much better the internet and, and our PC gaming experience was getting as much as it was the quality of the cinematic. Why do why did StarCraft explode but Warcraft didn't until well, World of Warcraft? I was gonna ask, are we all sci-fi over fantasy people? That was exactly my next question. I'm so As glad far as world building that we're able to fall into easily. So this is the funny part, is I totally am and yeah. yet uh, I think I think that I peaked in my interest of real-time strategy. So, like, going all the way back, I played uh, Dune 2, uh, mm-hmm. widely credited as being, mm-hmm. you know, the first real-time strategy Wait, game. Doom or Dune? Dune. Dune. So, so, I'm unaware, and it was, an, it was like, a rudimentary RTS? Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it, it was a fully functional single-player oh, right. RTS. Okay, okay. And, and you, wow. you would play no as offense. House Harkonnen, House Artreides, and House Oros That's or whatever. That's really cool, yeah. And, then, and I remember thinking, holy shit. Uh, you, you you would have to build a, a spice miner and occasionally you'd have to you know yep. fight a worm or whatever right. but but i remember thinking if you could play this against another human being this would be the greatest game that ever happened mm. then warcraft came out yep. and i was like holy shit this is the greatest th- game that ever happened and then uh warcraft 2 came out and uh this is concurrent i'm in college i have three roommates and and uh before there was a word for land parties we took a we took a, a b and c uh, 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 like uh, i'm going to say token ring but that's not the right protocol <laughs> <laughs> but we we set up a, a land party and we yeah. would we would set the uh, warcraft 2 to the lowest speed setting cuz yeah. <laughs> To us, it was a strategy game, and we wanted long times to think about what we were doing, Mm. and we would do six-hour long battles. All year, we did that. And And just get laid the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Take a quick break. Yeah, exactly. Take a quick break for all of us to gather around and watch the Playboy channel on cable. Clear out your cache of waiting. (laughs) And just be like, work complete. Back to the game. (laughs) But then... But then what? But then StarCraft came out, and and I was like, oh, I guess I got to do this. And it was the weirdest thing because I played uh, uh, through the first third of the game, yeah. and I thought this is in ev- this is in every way the perfect version of what I've been hungering for the past five years. It adds a third faction. Also, the factions are actually different, and it matters. Yeah, There's yeah. different styles of gameplay and all this stuff. I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, also, oh, I've played this game a lot. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and. Uh, just sort of got distracted by, okay. I think Unreal came out real close yeah. to the same time, and so I went over to ah. the first-person side of that. Unreal's yeah. cool, but but sort of forgettable in that long strain of new first-person shooters. I'm like a hipster nerd snob where there's yeah. a lot of FPSs I like. I mean, my favorite game ever is New Vegas, which is technically an FPS, but boy, 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 yeah. I do okay. think of FPSs as like Lesser the than. dumb jock version of video games. Oh, so maybe you'll have a take on this because <laughs> uh, this whole setting the speed thing, uh-huh. Uh-huh. this has been the real bummer of StarCraft because until StarCraft and Battle.net, because they also launched Battle.net, so you're playing other people, right. and that meant you might not be playing somebody as patient as you are. Right. Is StarCraft a strategy game or is it a Twitch game? And it's become increasingly Twitch as they keep setting the speeds faster 
going faster, faster? Well, then, okay, let's... What, what, maybe define Twitch game for me. Uh, okay, a, a true strategy game would be like chess without a clock. Yes. You know, take as long as you want, make your move, or yes. whatever. And the closest version of that is set it to the slowest setting. But yes. that's not even an option. That's not how they play it now. StarCraft was the moment when yeah. all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you're not allowed to play real slow. Right. And I, and I think that's also part of why I lost interest as far as the online competitive aspect of it. That's and that's fair. what I think is sociologically interesting because StarCraft was, if not the first, one of the first, as you said, games that started a persistent online economy given rigid structures. Because like, and I also want to, well, this is for, I guess, later because it's not on topic, but I wonder where they've gone. RTSs are really not in vogue right now. But I would basically just describe, there's such a unique feeling because other than Civ, I guess. They're like, well, in StarCraft too. Well, I, I, that's old at this point. Doesn't I, matter. It's but not still supported it. anymore. Yeah. By the well, way, I think uh -huh. I think the answer to your question is that they have evolved uh, to their second generation, and now they're all mobas. I mean, because it was born out of RTSs, and and now you got you know, in uh, uh, Heroes of the Storm and all that crap. Sure, I guess that's true. And actually, I just loaded up Magic: The Gathering online for the first time this morning, and oh, realized boy. that it has the same issue, which is I started playing looking at my thing and I'm like, okay, they'll probably attack with that lightning elemental. I'm going to throw giant growth on my wall of wood and block. And I suddenly went like, what's that timer? And then it turns out that it's on a chess clock, essentially. Yeah. Like the other person got to attack and I was like, well, I want to block with this. And the game was like, it's too late. You didn't do it fast enough. And I was like, that is not the point of magic. It's chess. You're supposed to sit and think about whatever you want Have you, uh, for as long as you want. Ha have you mm -hmm. gotten on DH yet? On, on heroin? Heart, heart, yeah. Uh, Hearthstone? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I... Just try it once. It's great. I'm brutally <laughs> opposed to, like, transactional games. Magic the Gathering is the first one I've ever even downloaded. Any game that has microtransactions, Cut to period. one month later, and you're just... Take, I, my, I just take my money. Yeah. Um, but I guess what I thought was interesting sociologically is, aside from the fact that I think it bears talking about, like, what's interesting about this heterogeneous set of sy interconnected systems where you're just... More than any other game, it's like making yourself the computer. The better you are at knowing how the computer thinks. And just, do you guys remember looking up online the list that were like, this is the scientifically calculated, I oh, use yeah. the computer model, best thing to do yep. as Terrans. Build, yep. yeah, build one builder, then have him collect crystals, then build the first bunker, then build the guy. And, and I, hated, like, I hated that. They're like, this is literally most efficient mathematically possible. Right. Right. Can, can so I what I think is... defense for that? Uh, is, oh, okay. Is, is, yeah. And again, using the chess metaphor, essentially we've reached a level of maturity where there are book openings. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to do uh, Queen's Pawn Gambit 12 or whatever. Right. So it's like, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it till it becomes an exploit. Because what I was getting at in the end, right. and then I'll see the mic, is the sociological aspect discouraged me quickly and I think was a precursor to how I hate a lot of video game communities that form in the online competitive aspect, uh, which was how quickly it went from a chess-like game where you're like, oh, I wonder what they'll bring to bear, to this guy obviously looked up the most efficient thing to do is Zerg Rush, and Zerg Rush is now the tactic of the day, and it crushes anything because it's slightly imbalanced, and someone figured that out. And that gives rise to the era of gaming we're in now, where the company <laughs> has to continue to change the game to stop that from happening. Constantly nerfing exploits. Yes, yeah. nerfing or else <laughs> introducing a new thing. That kills like, that thing. Yeah, rebalancing right. is what they call it in a lot of games. And I am okay with that because I want the game to still be a fun experience. Like, 
Like I didn't find one build in StarCraft and be like, that's mine now. I'm gonna it's gonna be siege tanks and battleships. I'm Terrans, which is boring, but right. I always like Terrans. But it's not best. even the race part, although sure. I was always Protoss and okay. I don't know why. Um, Slow and strong. I just like them. I, just, I right. think maybe because they're ki- kind of magic. They're and elegant like, and erudite yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. They, they seem like evolved humans. They do. Yeah. They're the and most they, like they they're committed to the service of a of a home world you never saw. Yeah, for ire. Like, yeah. As a fourteen-year-old, clouds. As a fourteen-year-old, they're the most fun to draw at recess. Oh, sure. of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, having never done that, that makes perfect. Zergs sense to are me. too hard to draw, and Terrans are too boring to draw. Protoss are perfect. Yeah, and they have like the the sword arms. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I'm I'm into the Protoss, but like I never settled on this is the way I do Starcraft every time, and I don't know why I would. Because it's like, well, then why the fuck are there Valkyries then, or like why are they why are there science vessels if that's not you know like these things exist to have fun and try different. I agree. And we might be the exception or it might be the case where there's a minority that super impacts the culture of the fandom. (coughs) Pardon. Because I like personally don't want to believe that every fan of Rick and Morty is a prick. I think they're just really loud. (laughs) The ones that are. And like, so I wonder that's a that's a case of a narrative that is about a prick. So it's not that surprising that pricks flock to it. Different podcasts. Just want to tell you that. But I would argue that that one in there. The structure of the jokes lets you know that Rick is a prick. Sure. People who are choosing to think Rick is awesome are choosing to think that in spite of evidence, satirical evidence. I'm with you. Brian? Rick and Morty. Oh, I, I, I love Rick and Morty. Well, it's hilarious. Ever. But 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 you're right. It's a bit of a Rorschach test where it's like, are you horrified by this miscreant, this evil Doctor Who, or does he seem like who you want to be because you're a powerless 15 year old? Do you, right, do you identify say, with both Morty? Both people are welcome. Both yeah. kinds are welcome. Welcome hey, to man, give man. us money. But I'm always yeah. more comfortable with someone who identifies with Morty because they're like. Yeah, the universe is unknowable and random and scary and could crush you at any second. Versus the guy who's like, I love Rick. I'm just like Rick. I'm like, so you're going <laughs> to fucking murder me for drugs? Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> you're supposed to think Rick is fun. I, sorry, we, we really are getting off on a tight. Like when they started Rick cheering for everything that he did, how could he not like his I'm ass? Like, I loved him after that. Yeah, just like, Tiny Rick. Well, at the end of yeah. season one, that was the best. He was awesome. Ever. That's it. Yeah, season sh- one. Wubba dub dub. So I do want to make a correction. <laughs> if you hate uh, the idea of people using book moves and archetypal yeah. uh, decks or uh-huh. whatever, you probably won't like Hearthstone Although I do agree that they do, because it's a constantly shifting landscape, they right. keep changing the rules of the game. They have to. I, I, th- I think it's fun. It, yeah. It's, it's one of the, like, well, that seems silly. We'll our, do this for a few months. On yeah. our Overwatch episode, Star swore that in Overwatch, they're keeping really ahead of that really well and disrupting any attempts to, like, codify, like, oh, this character's the best because it's slightly imbalanced. Everyone plays as them. Um, I guess I just question, it's, like, sad to me that it's become an arms race between... Can we make a game structured enough that assholes won't ruin it? That seems to be a legitimate arms race in gaming. Well, I just think that video game companies are have acknowledged that they can't. Like you can't. That's it. Let's face it. What you're really the real enemy. Uh, air quotes here is uh, the real enemy is people with more time than you who care more about the right. game than you right. and don't mind making this their entire summer yes. is to memorize every single fucking sure. open book. I move. would. Say, we always say the. The person who makes you quit any online game is the person where you have 20 games in your library. They only have that game in That's their right. library. <laughs> so well, you're uh, fucked. Either because <laughs> it's the only one they can afford or, or because or it's the only one they care about. obsessive personality. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But this leads to another trending game. So like the first trend that this game sort of inadvertently gave rise to is companies 
have to stay involved in games. Yeah, to keep and I think and gamers like I don't know who that unknown gamer was who figured out if you hatch four zerglings, you can kill someone in three minutes. But it is brilliant. Sure. It's like when someone in chess figured out the Blitzkrieg, and everyone's like, "That's nice. how you chess. Nice. That's chess now." Yeah. But the, the other thing it leads to is, and this is another trend in gaming is is that like it's more fun to play with your friends than in some online. You know, aggregator of people that randomly assigns. Like that's where South Korea's got us beat. I miss land parties and like places where exactly. you're forced to be. Yeah, in a and room, like yeah. that's I think partly why I, this we're, this is in a different episode that we talked about. But like I think that's part of why Halo looms so large in our history is that Halo started on LAN, on land parties. Like you couldn't play well, online in Halo One. Right. You had keep to keep like, in mind, yeah, it was always split screen. Exactly. Which meant by very nature, the two of you were sitting side by side. Which again, because right? we're all monkeys, uh, that matters. Yeah. Your proximity to the uh, other person. And it was one of my. But also, I had friends like we'd have like three TVs in the house. Yeah. And we'd tether in separate three bedrooms. Or four, That's yeah, what we did. We'd tether three or four Xboxes together, and it was really fun. Now, if I had to play against the equivalent of those people who I didn't know. You know, which I can now. Yeah. It's way less fun because somebody's fucking awesome at the game. So somebody's good at it. I just, you know? Do we all have the memory of? Because I feel like this is one of those precious nostalgia moments that I just realized is a generational thing that's gone now. Right. I've fucking played split screen games on a tube TV with a screen totally. that was smaller than a current iPad. Absolutely. Yeah. And you had to split the screen to play with your friend Mario Kart. And you'd fucking squint at your goddamn I mean, or, side. Or, or cut it into to quads with <laughs> yep. Goldeneye where yep. it's just like, I yep. think that's me. We'd I don't have, know. We'd have four friends and be like, look, only two can play at a time. This TV cannot handle quad split. Yeah. It's, it's like going back and watching a VHS tape. It's like, how did we tolerate this? It looks <laughs> yeah. like smears. Like yeah. everything is like a watercolor like water of it. Color, yeah. yeah. And anyway, I want to talk about the actual game a little bit, though, because we, we, have. we talked about the culture. Do you culture. mean the plot? Yeah, the plot, and also uh, sort of what was your race and what was your build and just sure. that stuff. Because I think that stuff's fun. I was a. I'm very defensive, middle of the road. See, so yeah, I don't know if it makes it the purest Rochambeau or the proto Rochambeau that's been improved upon. Sure, but sometimes I feel like StarCraft is shallow compared to other games that came after it because the spectrum is only fast and weak, middle of the road, strong and slow. Well, That but, is as basic as you can make a combat. But Brian balance. made a point that I think is underrated historically, which is StarCraft is one of the first times that the races were actually different. Like right. they weren't evil, evenly matched. And they I got it different. is shockingly amazing you know? that it's balanced at all, considering that. Well, and they yeah. must have play tested the fuck out of it. Exactly, and, and yeah. that's exactly what what took so very long. And in fact, uh, especially knowing that there was so much money on the line in the, the the Korean competitive market, that's why it took forever for StarCraft II to come out. Right? Is they were like they did years and years and years of play testing, and they're like, okay, we're pretty sure we got the we balance. We got this one. Yeah. yeah. Well, because they're like, there's this country that spends eighty percent of their income on this. Exactly. And it's literally a televised professional sport there. We can't fuck this up or it'll be like fucking up the World Cup to them or something. It's funny you say that because, you know, it could happen. They could just not play the sequel. Like it's not a bro. It's not that broke. it could be a bomb, and they you know? keep playing StarCraft yeah. One, right? Right. Like so, what and there's certainly really precedents where we've seen stuff like that before. Yeah. Uh, I got to admit, uh, fucking hate the Zerg. I hate playing them. I hate being them. Hate doing them. They're squishy and, yeah. and too fast, and it's a Twitch yeah. game that I don't like playing. Completely agree. I'm way more into the strategy aspect, and when someone plays a Zerg, it feels like this motherfucker. I'm playing poker, and they're playing like boxing. Like, yeah. how fast can you get in and punch? Yeah. Except for you're playing poker, they're playing fifty-two card pickup. Like, exactly. hey, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but sometimes there's those dudes that like they like know how to use all the flying units. If you use if you use Zerg flying units, you're a fucking wizard. I don't think either of us is saying the Zerg can't be. 100%. And that it is very well balanced. They can be very highly strategic. Yeah. 
But, but most of the people aren't. Zerg has the highest propensity for someone to be like, here come four Zerglings. Well, I don't know. I got 18 guys. They probably don't have that many. I'm just going to go for it. So uh, this is this is going to be a weird metaphor, but uh-huh. I spent 20 years touring as a stage magician, and, and nice. magic, oh, is, yes. uh, magic is a bit like a, a chess match in that okay. you're thinking four steps ahead, like I'm going to set up this thing that'll pay off down the road. While I'm doing this routine, I'm picking this volunteer who's going to be over here, and it's like it's all in your mind. Got to track where their eyes are looking. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then you go to uh, some kind of m- uh, uh, magic convention, and you perform or whatever, and fucking it doesn't matter because somebody booked a goddamn juggler on the fucking bill <laughs> and everyone's losing their fucking mind like all five balls went in the air at once holy shit <laughs> like, the war, that's the fucking zerg a guy the war swallowing between a sword on fire and yeah, you're like exactly. you're just a freak I practiced my skill <laughs> the war between jugglers and magicians continues <laughs> to this very day real thing What's yeah. real I thing mean, I, tell you, I believe you towards the end of high school I had a strong emotional connection to Yo-yoers being better than magicians or jugglers. <laughs> well, I mean, and Yo-yoers. you're right because all we do is lie about having talent, and jugglers actually develop well, a real skill. My buddy and I practice a few hours, a few times a yeah. week to like get good enough to be in yo-yo tournaments. The yeah. '90s had so many stupid renaissances of toys like that. Like yo-yos had a year back. I, got, I remember that shit. I got it was it. like, why? Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, the Phantom with the ball bearings. Yep. It would spin oh, for yeah. goddamn ever. Yeah, I, uh, super heavy in the yeah, yeah really yeah, heavy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the it? Pamela Anderson, which was a silicon yo-yo that glowed in the oh, dark. Oh man! I had uh, devil sticks for about four minutes. Devil sticks! <laughs> Clearly, you need to go on rough stuff and tell everyone about this. Shit. I busked <laughs> as a kid. I made no kidding. I made like a dollar fifty doing devil sticks at Horton Plaza Mall in San Diego o- over like two and a half hours. I got like a buck fifty. <laughs> this is that's this is the real work, though. Yeah. Wonderful fact. Yeah, can, can I share? I actually think that street performing busking is the single most artistically pure endeavor anyone can do because nobody's obligated to be there. There's no expectation yep. that you should be like every person who stops you have earned. And yeah. if they give you even $1 and 50 cents, then, then you're a better artist than any magician who bought a zigzag illusion. Is they're literally a saying gig. your art affected my brain enough. Correct. Here's money to, to stop uh, me, yeah. seduce me. And, and, and this deal. is the value of it. Yeah. yeah. So, well, so, did you ever hear that, uh, article? I know it's a wide ranging episode. Episode, but it really is whatever starcraft starcraft <laughs> did you see that thing where josh bell currently like the world's finest living violinist oh yeah yeah played busked it- in the subway and made no more money than like any other random guy busking in the subway playing violin and, and the only audience member that was there the entire time was uh you know a, a new york magazine type of uh, person who was just like that's josh bell <laughs> and then yeah. oh, like, i'm gonna sit right now i don't know what's going on yeah. and, and at the end the- they're like did you stay because then they're like no i knew it was josh bell and you're like well then you don't yeah count. you don't yeah. even count <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see any of this. Okay. So I've been I've been uh... What about those Terran siege tanks? That was a big moment. <laughs> whenever whenever I got a siege tank, I felt safe. Like when I could start producing Put them siege, in siege tanks. Mode. And have yeah. them in siege mode around my base. Yeah. I felt safe. I was a defensive player. Were you guys yeah. ballsy? Yeah, I think you have to be. To, to, to me, I yeah. was playing Civilization and and just, you know, my yeah. I was playing bar- Barbarians at the Gate constantly, yeah. where it's just like be strong enough that they can't get through. I always wanted to play for six hours. Let the stranger build an impossibly large force. Let me build an impossibly large force and then see which one wins as if it's like just a simulation. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted the time to build for me. So that's why I actually also wonder, is, is SimCity the first RTS? Well, Does it count? Oh, it was real time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's it real was, time. 
But uh, you're not against anybody. You're against the computer. Well, well you're occasionally against Godzilla or a tornado sure, sure. would show up. And That's if you right. type in that cheat to get 100,000 free bucks, you get natural disasters left and right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I really connect with it as an L.A. person, though, because the main competitor in sim city is and always will be traffic snarls yep. oh yeah fucking ruin your life really in do Sim City. they yeah. really do also like the decision between mass transit and roads is like yeah. a real fateful one in sim city i love how it ruins your real understanding like yeah. it depresses you yeah because it if you do either something bad happens and you're like that's true in real life that sucks yeah <laughs> about planning a city what was your what was your ideal attack force like just give me a sense of its of its makeup you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. who you'd send after the Zerg or whatever. Well, this is why I was never very great yeah. at StarCraft is because I couldn't help but develop a favorite, a favorite unit. And right. then you would do all that one That's unit. You do. And then in a multiplayer game, you're all like, uh, well, why are you using that against that unit? That just makes my unit not good. Yeah. And then you feel bad. Yeah. yeah. When you play Magic the Gathering with an all red deck and someone throws down Circle of Protection red and you're like, well, why are we even playing this <laughs> stupid <laughs> color hoser? Well, I would what do, was your uh, sweet pleasure? What was it? What Mine was your was favorite a child? Squad of Terrans, red, led by uh, Trainer. Is it Rainer? Rainer, led Jim by Rainer. Yeah. yeah. Squad of Terrans, led by Rainer. I didn't like the Vultures, but I liked Jim Rainer as a guy. Yeah. So, so you must have loved StarCraft too, then, with yeah. him, him yeah, being the, yeah. the he titular was the main focus. Yeah. And siege tanks, and then I would bring up lots of SCVs and build advancing bunkers. Did you ever take advantage of the fact that the Terrans could relocate their base? Uh, yes. Like, uh, and, 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 did you? And, yeah, that seemed like a really rarely useful. That seemed I, that seemed like a, a uh, an act of desperation. I'd say about, but but it seemed. But now I think about it, you could probably establish a forward post and then yeah. pull it back or whatever. That's what I would. I would say about ten percent of the time is, uh, especially when you got to the level in the game where everyone who was playing knew all the maps and knew the spawn points. If you were Terran and you spawned in a point that you're like, shit, I'm in the middle of the map. So wherever they are, they're probably close to me. If you move your base far away immediately, yes, it eats into your time, but you could often even get to the point where you'd set up an ambush in that central area because you know that's where they assume you are. Yep. Oh, this is like actually that. a really good point. It brings in um, the idea of how different the game is with two players, three players, four players, and so on. Like, uh, uh, did, you, did you get into... What was your preferred multiplayer experience? I'm of the opinion that two players is the only real experience. Chess. Oh, no way. I, it's it's any number is fine. I, 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 yeah, I, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say I love there being at least three because then you have wow. the, the mind game of like, well, maybe I can get these two to find yeah, each other. That's I'm, right. And, and that's the reason we no, did the no. slowest version on Warcraft 2 yeah. is because the five of us were constantly texting and making alliances and then breaking right. them and all that See, stuff. Uh, all that is gone. You know what that is? Adrenaline that's rush. chaos. <laughs> that's, I, that's chaos. That's I why even, you hate it. I hate playing three or more player magic yeah. also because it means... It's not whoever's brain is the smartest the strategy wins because you could be the smartest. And if the other two identify, oh, you're the best at this game, we should team up against you, you lose anyway. Yeah. I don't think that as a smart person. Exactly. And that's, that's setting my, the world up to favor you is what that is. It's true, yeah. if I'm honest, because yeah. my main attribute is not strength. It's not speed. It's like I'm very smart and you're good smart at boy. strategy and yeah. chugging through. Like I'm good at math and shit. So whenever I would play StarCraft and be like, it's unfair you beat me. I know in real life I'm smarter than you. And they'll be like, well, I texted Joe and we decided to team up against you. And I was like, 
I would tear up you and be son like, of a bitch. "Why is there an emotional component?" Oh, so everyone hates me now? <laughs> so, what, and the, by like, the way, that's what I like when you're chess. I didn't know you were always the zerg. You can always do the best man win. <laughs> I am too emotionally sensitive. Like I can't play mafia. If you know that game, yep. I can't play diplomacy. Wow. Uh, Can't play Mafia. You know our mutual friend Vivian. I certainly do. Our falling out where like we never spoke again was because oh. of a game of Mafia. I didn't know where either of like, those things. Look me in the eyes and tell me you're not lying. And I'm like, I am fucking lying. That's the point of the fucking game. I gotta lie, Vivian. Right? What do you want from me? I'm the Mafia. What am I supposed to <laughs> And she's like, because looking in your eyes, I can tell you're lying. And I'm like, you can't tell that from looking in someone's she, eyes. She just looks like, kill the weak Mafia. It was my number. flip out. No, my point is <laughs> I cannot handle a game where there's any ability for my emotional self to read into the idea that my friends might have got together behind my back and decided to make me lose. Holy so, shit. Like, it feels very personal to You me. could not be a survivor on Survivor. <laughs> no. You straight up couldn't do and that. And if I made an alliance with someone, yeah. I would never break or betray it. Because I'm like, then what am I, the fucking devil, Judas? God bless you, man. You're a okay, sweet man. This is, this is why I'm a, of two minds. Because yeah. I actually, what you're describing is why I gave up playing Magic the Gathering. Freshman year of college was right when <laughs> it came your out. heart too much? Uh, well, be, well, because, <laughs> number one, it ended up, like, I, I realized, like, I don't want to want to punch my friends in the face for betraying me in life. Right. Yeah. And plus, also, there were too many situations where... A, the weakest character got to play Kingmaker and yeah. just and just be like, oh, but if I kill myself right now by mana burning myself out, oh, I guess it skips over you and now this other guy and won. And my friends would fucking do shit where they're like, well, if you mana burn yourself to death and I win this, I'll invite you to this thing Saturday instead of Michael. And I'm like, this is too That's real. So good. Yes, I, I, That's I, I, so good. True, true story. After one of those types of games, I gave all my cards to my brother, including my original Black Lotus. Like, uh, that was a real thing. Yeah. Just take them. I, I did. I was, I was like, I'm out. I'm out. I don't want to do. I don't deserve them anymore. I don't like this. But now, let me tell you the flip side, though. Yu-Gi-Oh killed it at my uh, school, which was upsetting. Uh, oh, that's a what a what a, what a what a poor inferior game. That's yeah. like finding out that Pepsi this is won. So Right, yeah, yeah. but you're so, saying. <laughs> but uh, on the flip side, though, I have very wonderful memories of these giant, you know, six-hour-long five-player games where it becomes clear at some point that you are about to get wiped out by this guy, and then you uh, you don't want to sit there uh, doing nothing for the next four hours. Yep. So you say, like, look, I swear fealty to you. I will be your thrall. Uh, I will act on your behalf. <laughs> Command for me. I will not. Uh, pact of non-aggression and all that stuff. And then you wait long enough, and it looks like this guy's going to win. And then you talk to the other guys like, listen, I swore fealty, but wouldn't it be convenient if he was fighting a two-front war? I mean, I won't last this long, is, see, but at least this is we like can mess with him. 1800s generals no, right dude, here. It's great. It's so, if good. We were, so good. If we were friends of that age, I would have been like, that was really cool, man. That was great. Like, so smart, clever. Then I would have gone up and be like, Mom, <laughs> <laughs> Brian hates me. He's picking on me. Like, the way you guys wage war is such a gentlemanly way. I just love this shit so much. Like, like to me, I'm hearing all this. I'm like, dude, I just, uh, like, I'll do whatever it takes. Like, I'll, I'll cut a dude's legs off. That's fine. You know what I mean? Like, Man, I'll do whatever I got to do. I played it's about winning. The furthest I ever got in a magic tournament, I used to play every Saturday and Sunday in my local card shop for like two years straight. Yeah. And the furthest I ever got was I should have won the pot that time, which was like 300 bucks or something huge when you're a kid. And But the guy against me uh, demanded a card count of my deck. And minimum 60. And I didn't know, but I had 59 because I dropped a card or miscounted or something. Oh. And I, was, and I was like, and rightly you should, sir. I doff my cap to you. Well played. And then my friend was like, no, that dude was a punk, man. You should have like fought it. And I was like, no, you got to. 
When it's two-player, I feel like you're bonded by the idea that you know it could go either way. When it's three-player, it's pop. It's a goddamn popularity right. contest. Well, it, when it's it a three-player, you're not when wrong. It's, when but it's three-player, you can't control the game with your talents. Yeah, see, that's what it is. Whereas like, I like no, because no, 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 it is. I'm it okay is with things is. like Destiny, where the I. In fact, I love it. I guess you're right, but I guess I'm saying I highly prefer everyone together against the computer. So like, I agree. I, yeah. I absolutely agree right. with that's that. That's why Destiny, the raids are Fun. the thing. Yeah. yeah. So to use like the metaphor that I think anybody who, ha- who hasn't even played StarCraft would know, the game Risk, right? What right. you're sure. saying is that Risk is more fun to play one-on-one because... Uh, Risk is not fun to play, in my opinion. I'm, I agree with you because it it then it becomes just about the choices and how it plays out, like the luck of it and the choices, right? And about strategy. But I don't like luck either. That's why I don't think Risk is fun to play because if the dice go against you, that's not fair. I like chess. Let's suppose. Okay, suppose that you always knew what the dice roll was going to be. Okay, yeah, in yeah, Risk, yeah, yeah. right? Then so Risk always, is chess. Exactly. So you want to set up a Risk game. That that is ba- that just favors the idea of pure logic, right? You just want it to be a purely logical experience that's based on choice, and this is how it plays out, right? Whereas I think the genius of Risk and uh-huh. the genius of StarCraft and ha- why there are three races and not two is because it eliminates just that one thing. You can't do it just that one way. You have but, to and also there, there's make alliances also, and shit. But, you know? And if you have, uh, let's say, three players, uh, three different character classes, each one is is sort of genetically predisposed to attack. Like, mm-hmm. well, I know I ain't going to bother with those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to do this one over here. Right. Uh, which, by the way, so here's another aspect, especially to the multiplayer type of thing, is uh, all the smack talk in the chat to a randomly associated account. Hey, I, I don't do that it. shit. I, what, which is the that. genius of Hearthstone in yeah. that they minimize it. The worst thing you can say in Hearthstone to another player is a, is to say the words well played, but secretly mean it sarcastically. Like that, that's the worst thing. Because they can give do. you things yeah. like yeah. phrases to click yeah, on. Yeah, you just okay. have emotes. That's what, see, I would always, and this, again, okay, so to answer Adam's question, I just don't want to game. I don't want to be humiliated yeah. or have to humiliate anyone right. else. As a Montessori kid raised by hippies, I don't enjoy winning either. I feel bad for everyone. Like I always end up going like, "Why didn't it? Couldn't it have been a tie?" And yeah. I'm not, and I'm not <laughs> trying to I'm not trying to undress you about this, but I'm just saying like this is a real thing in people, right? Sure. That StarCraft brings out, and I think that's what's fun about it is that like ultimately StarCraft brings out the pride so much more than other games do. Well that's why it was funny. It's so good at that. With the smack talk, I would and this is my this is my style in real life if someone upsets me is like martyrdom complex. Like not do like smack talk by being so polite that you hope that they'll realize they should stop being mean to you cuz you're a very nice person. Sure, sure. Right. Like be like like people would go like you faggot i'd wipe the floor with you and i'll be like well that's a hurtful problematic term but i'm just grateful you know you took the time to play a friendly game with me and i you know i bet i bet if we met in real life we'd find something we have in common and we'd really get along yeah you my, said, my favorite part of this idea is you leaning back and folding your arms and saying got him yeah <laughs> no because then they just send back they just send back ascii of a middle finger right 
Right. And then destroy my other you, base. You just highbrowed him and then put a little English aristocracy on it. And, like, I know your things, man. It I makes always, sense. I always think you can kill him with kindness. It's true most of the time with your real life friends. Well, and, and you're totally. right. Tit for tat is the best but strategy. But strangers will be like, oh, you're kind. I can destroy but you. But see, but that's again. So like video game culture is so linked to the bad things about idiot internet culture. Yeah. And I think it's because everybody thinks this is all for fun. It's a game. So they don't care about the feelings of other people. And I know there's people. That's the brilliant thing about it. But there's this, people you know? who perceive life differently enough for me that it's my problem. And I accept yeah. that. Like our mutual friend Griffin sure. likes competitive gaming the best because when he loses, it really doesn't bother him because it's just a video game. Somehow I don't get he can separate that from his actual life and like status and be like, oh well, they won that one. Next time I win, I'll say something really rude to them. <laughs> right. like, I can collect their sadness <laughs> yeah, yeah. and enjoy it. But when it's my sadness, I give them nothing. I don't care. He just has yeah. that power. I love that. I think <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. It really is. So, but I do agree that the the best uh, land experiences. Uh, I mean, outside of those epic six hour things in the Warcraft two days. Uh, but my favorite, uh, the next phase, as that same group of early twenty somethings became early 30-somethings, yep. uh, all of a sudden we derived a, a much more pleasure from playing like Rise of Nations and sitting like, mm -hmm. you know, give the computer every advantage in the world. Yep. We got this, boys. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, that's why I don't... StarCraft didn't spawn this. I think Warcraft 3 spawned it. And I don't want to... Maybe we'll also cover that because I do think <sighs> it does it... I, I, I'm looking at you. Is like, it too don't similar? That. Oh, it's too no, similar I just to don't, cover? I don't play Warcraft, any kind of Warcraft. Warcraft 3 took all the lessons from StarCraft right. versus Warcraft 2 and 1 and, and created, like, if you like StarCraft, there's a fantasy one that's just as balanced and it's Warcraft 3. And the main thing about Warcraft 3, I just want to ask Brian, because you said on the email thread you were more into the Warcraft series. Sure. Did you fall down the tower defense rabbit hole on Warcraft 3 I never online? did. Uh, well, actually, uh, I, I, I did divorced of Warcraft 3. So at the time, you know, I knew hmm. that tower defense was a thing. But, uh, uh, but what I really dug is uh, oh, uh, Defense Grid, The Awakening. Yep. Did you guys yeah. ever play that? I know no, what it is. It's no. fucking great. Yeah. Like, like the best part of that, it's a tower defense game and it's got aliens that keep going down tubes and you got to shoot them with yeah. whatever. But your assistant AI is like, oh, you've got it, gentlemen. I'm the downloaded brain of General So-and-So from 600 years ago and you've got to build this thing. And then over the course of the game, he, he starts messing up and twitching and he's like, strawberries. I remember <laughs> strawberries. And it's like, you feel this deep pain for this, this trapped wow. consciousness of this away. ancient guy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's it's great. Why do you think that they decided to continue forward with the Warcraft series and expand it, but not StarCraft? I mean, I know they made a sequel and they made expansions, but why, for instance, didn't we get World of StarCraft? Do we know there won't be StarCraft 3? I'm sure someday there will be a StarCraft 3. I wouldn't be like, surprised. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a StarCraft 3, but the World of StarCraft question, it would not surprise me at all if somewhere in the mid-early 2000s, they had hired market analysts who say, yeah. we perceive that World of Warcraft, here's our official diagnosis, World of Warcraft is an artifact of being the right play balance, the right accessibility, requiring the right system requirements. It seems to be a cultural phenomenon. We predict there will not, it will be not reproducible. We think MMOs are about to get saturated uh, and that it's going they to get They were saturated shortly thereafter. Yeah. Exactly, right? Uh, FF15 and, and stuff. But people are still doing it. Sure. Like, but, there's well, so many games that are still But it's not the game it. they care about. It's their sure. friends that they made right, that, right, right, uh, right. on that and you can't reproduce that you can't say hey we know you guys have really enjoyed this discotheque 
now go to the discotheque next door. It's sci-fi themed. And right. it's like, you're not, you're not going to get okay. people to move. Okay, to me, fair point. Welcome to Small Beans, the thing that we made after we had to move away from our last <laughs> thing. So, 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 we so, hope you found us. <laughs> but the struggle is real, right? The it's very real. hard to get people to leave a clubhouse. Oh, dude, if everyone who knew they liked our work because they had seen After Hours knew Small Beans existed, yeah. we'd be making much more than we are. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I, it's it's funny that you say that because like I would say I know that people are still playing Warcraft World of Warcraft because of what you just said, but also we're still making games that are trying to do what Warcraft did. And like, we're still doing and, that. Well, no, or you mean RTS? I don't. I think we MMOs uh, but, are no, but World of Warcraft is not yes, an RTS, right? Exactly. And that's why I'm like, why didn't Starcraft become a brand that expanded like that? I believe you know, and may, this is like a chip on my shoulder, maybe, but sure. even though most people I know in my life, I don't know what this means about the vibe I put out or whatever, think sci-fi is vastly more interesting than fantasy. I think fantasy is far more preferable and profitable than sci-fi. Cause it's easy general. and approachable. Cause you have the one word solution to everything. Magic. It's magic. Right. Like it wouldn't surprise me if that might be true. There's a Lord lot of, of sci-fi. If content, Lord of the man. Rings helped World of Warcraft win out over Star World of Starcraft. World of know? Warcraft came out after Lord of the Rings. The, right. the movie or the MMO? World of Warcraft launched in two thousand four. The movie series. That's, yeah. That's when yeah. So, so in other words, it was that sweet spot before after the movies, but before yes. their own MMO. Correct. Yeah. So maybe that's why. And maybe maybe so, it was just capitalizing on. Bothers me because it's I know. like you know. I think StarCraft is better. Than you know, Warcraft. it's always going to be elves and dwarves and humans, and maybe some gnomes and dragons. And sci-fi, it's like, what's it going to be? It could be anything. It's so much more interesting to me always. Well, so and we're going to talk about this when we talk about Fallout. Yeah, sci-fi also lends itself to certain kinds of stories. Like even though it doesn't have to. Like what is. Yeah, like what's the nature of society on a grand scale? Yeah, and man's relationship to technology. Like those are the major things, and StarCraft also has that as its main plot, right? Like it's it's kind of a fantasy plot in that there are races vying for control, but it's ultimately like what kind of society do we want to live in? Yes, specifically, (laughs) do we want to live in a society that's basically the Confederacy again? (laughs) That is StarCraft's. The SMGs are weird because the Terrans. Hundreds of years in the future. Are all Southerners! Have all Confederate of them. flags on their spaceships. Yes! Listen to country music and speak in Southern accents. There are, like, it's, it's upsetting. Like, it's like a collection of all the villains from the movies in the 80s and 90s. It's like, it's all, like, just Southerners who are Confederates. And then there's, like, one German lady that's clearly, like, wanting to do experiments. Ex-Nazi. And then there's the Russian commander. Manga lady, yes. if you will. Yeah. And, like, the rest of them... Or there's like there's like a couple uh, of women that are like kind Ar- of sexually into healing. Arcturus Mansk, I think, is who you're. That's who the main to. villain is. But isn't <laughs> he great. southern? Isn't he a southern gentleman? Yeah, yeah. I just love the name Arcturus Mansk. It's, it's baffling to me that in the future only southerners got sent out into this space colony and then formed a confederacy. Well, that's, that's fucking. I think crazy. that's why they're tough and bred for war. I assume this is a future where. Have you guys read the Hitchhiker's Guide franchise? Sure, Certainly. sure. You know the big reveal where ship C is all the people who have no purpose in society and they land on Earth? Right, right. right. I assume the Terrans are like the Australia jail colony ship of Earth. I I believe that. It must be. I used to to get wound tight about stuff like that, but then I realized, like, wait a minute, uh, however many hundreds of years in the future, they're not going to be speaking English or anything recognizable to us in the 20th, uh, 21st century, right? Uh, And so as a result, like, uh, I I, I stopped worrying about that. I'm like, what they're trying to convey is that they're independent-minded, that maybe they're going to be a little rough and tumble and blah, blah, blah. Like, once I got past that, I was cool with all those gave it the mature man's interpretation and that is 
the right that's what the video game designers uh, wanted us but i but it's it's baffling to me the stereotypes they leaned on literally putting they leaned a on confederate them. flag that is identical yeah. not changed or futurized in any way on the bumpers of the ships is crazy to name me. a character in the terran universe that is not white name one uh, there's uh, one i looked him up i think his name is samir i believe okay. he's of arab descent i'm not sure okay he's the only one that i could immediately find the red, it's all white southerners and then a couple of Russian people. Like, that's it that made it out there. I as is this podcast to be all right. I mean, that's that's very strange. Uh, because it, I mean, maybe it's because it sounds funny when you hear them quote, like maybe in like a in a like a prejudiced way. Yeah, like they thought the audience would be like, well, it does sound funnier when this southern guy's like, proceeding. Then yeah. if he just well, says, but, you know, but also conscious of those, uh, those those small town imagery of coal yes. miners and the salt yes. of the earth people just doing, hey right. man, it's not pretty, but we got to get it done. Right, uh, I think universe ain't gonna, con- ain't gonna conquer itself. Yeah, you know? they probably sat around and thought who would be pioneers and played on pioneering tropes without thinking it through much. Boy, further. I don't think that's it. I, I, I really, think I do. They're, I think they're Wait, leaning on the comedy factor. I think they're leaning on the Ridley Scott model that like. The future won't be pretty. It's It'll the be Wild the West. type of people who are coal miners will be out there totally. scrabbling at the dirt. Those aren't all Southerners. They're like that's a that's range true. of people. I'm just saying. I just watched October Sky, so I believe you're mistaken. But I don't think they I all am mistaken. had Southern accents. I also want to make sure. Well, I'm not talking about October Sky. I'm talking, I am right. Fair enough. <laughs> I will also I will say the scientist is the only one that doesn't fit into this model. Yeah, yeah. From the science vessel because he's just real stoked. Kerrigan doesn't have a Southern accent, does she? She has a slight twang. Like okay. real slight. I listened. I was like, mm, yeah, does she yeah. fit? I think she does. I don't know. I think I'm going to defend this because uh, think I like about it. It because because the Protoss is the oldest, most mature race. So of course yeah. they sound European vaguely, you know, with, with a little with, bit, with, yeah. uh, you know, uh, and then uh, and then the farther west you go, you get to a more frontier mentality. You get you get the the young human race going out, you know, and it's going to be frontiersmen going out. And of course, you know, then you got squishy bugs that I hate. Zergs, right? Yeah. Clearly based on Albanians. People are gonna people are. <laughs> I'm gonna get. Comments. Ooh, I'm gonna get some emails. I'm gonna from get that. comments all left and right, like arguing with like the dialects and stuff. And the, like, I'm gonna stand on this hill. I'm telling you, okay. like, I this is. Strange, and I think they're digging into something that's like a bit of a bummer if you think about it. I really do. Oh, I do too. That was yeah. my one factoid I was going to bring up. That you're going to bring up they're all Southerners? Yeah, totally. That Can I? Too. I just want to put the final nail in the coffin, then we should move probably to the final segment. Sure. Of fantasy versus sci fi, because I yeah, haven't yeah, said yeah. this in any platform, and I believe it. And this is becomes apparent if you study, or I was a lit writing major in college, and if you study, uh, I was a lit reading major. Oh, if you I analytically study fantasy and sci-fi as as you know genre fiction, uh, sci-fi, of course, obviously often called speculative fiction, because it's idea based. It's like speculating on what would happen if blank. Uh, whereas fantasy, the world is is a different world than ours, but it's always a given world that you're familiar with. And there's always an ancient right and wrong to it. Right. And the stability of that usually frees the writer to make a story that's more character-driven. So, like, yes. you don't care about Lord of the Rings because you think it's so cool, the idea that could be a ring that could corrupt the man, mind not. of a man. It's because you think Gandalf is neat and enjoyable to yeah. be around and Bilbo is neat. And, and you neat. feel bad for Frodo. And, and I think people who like that better are fucking stupid. Wait, so <laughs> I just want to say one character-based yes. story is worse than Humans premise-based? are pointless. 
Our individual lives are a collection of meaningless details. You will die and rot, and everyone who remembered you will forget you. Ideas. The fact that we have a brain that is able to imagine things is the only thing of value we can do in this life. I, so, I okay. <laughs> fervently disagree. And with that, that, furthermore, the last point is that is why sci-fi is superior to fantasy. Okay, so here, here's, here's a disturbing artifact of what you just described. Does that yeah. mean that you're not a fan of Firefly? Because the strength of Firefly was not in its storytelling. It was in just hanging out with those characters that we liked. Mike's about to disagree with you on that, I think. I was, and then I took, and then I swallowed my pride and realized that I think you're right that it's strongly balanced toward character driven. I do think there's episode where the idea is king, yeah, like uh, objects in space or out of gas. But there's a lot of episodes where you're only in it because Joss Whedon writes great dialogue for people to say, and it's fun to hear them say it. And also, this is Joss Whedon, a Hollywood liberal, yeah. writing uh, a sympathetic version of the Confederate War. That's true. Back sure. to that same idea. But let sure. me just say, that's not surprising. Have you watched Firefly again recently? Do you I watch have. it all the time? I, I just watched it last year. I don't think it's as good as I originally thought it There's was. There's a lot of golf carts with sci-fi shit taped onto it. Like that. That budget was not very high. Yeah. And I, mean, I think that speaks to, for my money, and this is just revelatory of who I am. Character-driven stuff will never stand the test of time. But an idea-driven story can live forever. H.G. Wells, literally the opposite. Literally the opposite of that. Like, 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 what's the idea? Wait, 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 wait. What's the idea in Casablanca? What's the idea that's interesting in that movie? Who listening to this is super interested in Casablanca? Fucking everybody should be, because that movie is going to last longer than anything we say here. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. Like, what's the idea in Citizen Kane? What's the idea? The, in the idea Godfather? in Citizen Kane is is really revolutionary and clear. Sure. That is an idea driven sure. one. Uh, but, I don't but, agree. Well, with by this. the way, the idea in Casablanca is the, yeah. is the metaphor of they're all in prison and they're planning a jailbreak, right? So but I would say it's right that the that, personal love story is why people love. it Of course, so much. it is because and, it's the human connecting. Point. And I'm saying the fact that more people agree with you doesn't make you right. Well, then how are we going to prove it? Like, what's, I mean, I, I, I don't need we're proof. Go, freeze our you brains. Don't I don't come back in a thousand years. I don't need proof that ideas are better than character. I love this and so much. And the fact that more, I, I have observed as well, right. people like character-driven stuff more than people of like idea-driven stuff. Yeah. I will and say, I think that's because people like people, and I think that's stupid. I will say You don't this need much. to like other people. The moment you guys <laughs> in the email thread said so StarCraft, like a knee-jerk response, I was like, Jim Rayner. Like, like, like I spent yeah. enough time with that character right. that, that, that I'm like, uh, the two are indistinguishable. I wouldn't say, I, I don't want to invalidate everything My you said. My immediate thought was heterogeneous, interconnected set of systems. <laughs> Rolls off like, the Like, that's what was interesting to me about I mean, Star but Graham. this is a conversation we have online and offline all the time, <laughs> right? About sort of like, is the structure of a thing and the idea behind a thing and the premise of a thing more interesting than the person than the execution that the thing the is thing. about? No, no, the execution is not the antithesis of it. I guess, or then the, the experience the, of the, the person meaty, experiencing it. Yeah, yeah. The personal experience of it is the uh, is the contrast. I know that I'm wrong, but as an article of faith, it's I true. choose to believe that art can exist. No, I know I'm wrong about what I'm about to say. Oh, here we go. That art can exist in a void and has value, devoid of the artist and devoid of history or any anchoring in time. If you think it through, I'm wrong, but I choose to believe that because I'd much rather believe that than not. It would break my heart to believe that, like. Like, I don't want to only understand what's up, Tiger Lily, by thinking about Woody Allen marrying his daughter. I want to be able to divorce it right. entirely or thinking about problematic depictions of Asian Americans. Like, I want to be able to watch it and be like, what would it be in space if I were an alien who didn't know anything, but I saw the Mona Lisa? How would it impact me? But the truth is my brain is only shaped the way it is because of a bunch of impacts I from other 
earthly things. So we all want to go back in time and eliminate the reality of like postmodern contextual. I want to be like, pure and view art purely because that's yeah. what used to be. That was what used to be the system by which people evaluated like ideas and art. But and it's all kind these of things. a lie that that's a real. It's thing always been a lie. It, it's yeah. the equivalent yeah. of, uh, of of what value is the Mona Lisa if literally not one person ever lays eyes on it. You yeah. know, it, it cannot exist in a void floating out there. And in I space. guess I that's choose to believe that the value would be undiminished and everyone. Uh, is like, you're wrong about that. And I'm like, I just don't want to hear it. Shut up. Well, everyone <laughs> Wait, can say you're wrong, but like really what you're describing is, an, is a, another gap that can never be known. An unknowable gap. Because you could be right. But again, like Kant's right. a priori categories, we'll never know. Like, you so know to I mean? like speak, would God value it? You can't know. Of course. Or like, to me, the most, the most succinctly I've ever heard it elucidated is Kurt Vonnegut who said... He describes this great day his grandpa told him about where he and his best friend went fishing and then picked berries and sat on the front of a train's cow catcher and ate berries and they didn't know the train was running so then the train ran and they had like this wild ride. And he's like, one day the universe will be gone. All entropy will have happened and maybe a new universe will form or not. But the point is every atom of anything that was ever affected that day will be pulverized and refreshed. Mm -hmm. But it will always be true that that happened it will never not have happened. So is it important or not? See, what's interesting <laughs> is I instantly think, and maybe this is the magician background, is I think about how instantly corruptible and malleable our memories are. Yep. And so like, even as he wrote those words and told that story, it was already not true. It was yeah. already a lie. Wow. And, and, and so, so it, it definitely didn't happen. However, we remember everything didn't happen. So I, I'm much, I think I'm much more comfortable with the idea of a piece of art as a feedback loop between two parties and somewhere in the middle. It's a conversation, basically. Like, this is what I feel inside me and you're going to see it through the lens of your life. And, and I, I don't know. I'm okay with that. I, I love that you said that because I think that's a really genuine uh, way to respond to this idea. Because, like, that is how most people, I think, respond to this reality. And it's I think like, it's the correct Look, I just want to be in a dialogue with the thing. For some reason, I can't accept it. I just well, we should, and that's the thing we should talk about in sure. some venue. Like, really yeah. should. Not, maybe not this podcast. But I yeah, don't but. want humans to matter to art. I want mm. art to exist separately from him. Yeah. Because I don't think humans are very good. And yeah. I think they contaminate yeah, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love Different this Different podcast. I love it. I yeah. love this show. We should talk about it some other place. And yet, how could you create art without a human? Yeah. Right. I think we should expand nonstop and use our squishy, dumb bodies to blitzkrieg the fucking Terrans and the Protoss <laughs> and take over Agreed. everything. I'm about to become one of those smoke goblins yeah. myself right now. For <laughs> yeah. tool. Speaking of blitzkrieg, I'm going to blitzkrieg through this yeah. episode. Checkpoint. Get us to our final segment, the name of which I always forget the wording of. Keep or delete. Keep or delete. That makes sense. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, Time ends. Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. 
This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Where we basically render our final verdict always somewhat unclear. Because it's, people it's ask, it's not that unclear. I, like, are gonna, you asking? Is it the best StarCraft game? Is it the best? I think RTS? we can actually. I think we can answer that in a few steps this time if we want. Go ahead. So, keep or delete is essentially if you have a hard drive of, let's say, a hundred or two hundred games, does this belong on it? Sure. If you're keeping the best ones, uh, and there's an element of that being representative, and we there's used an to element say, of it being enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, in this case, let's answer that, and then there's a second question, which is, would you keep it if there? Would you keep it out of what exists in the StarCraft universe? At all, like, is this the one for StarCraft, or is there a future StarCraft that maybe we should want more? Man, than uh, yeah, this? I'll I'll yeah. jump in right now. Yeah, uh, definitely. If you're talking about the the second question, uh, StarCraft Two is in every conceivable way superior to the original. Like, like uh, uh, the 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 first one, you know, felt like a rough draft of of an yeah. idea, and it was it was an important evolution, but yeah. it had it lacked the the storytelling, the grace, the elegance, mm-hmm. uh, 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 all of the amazing parts of video games. Like, I remember just hanging out in the tavern and clicking on all the things, watching yeah. the news yeah, reports, and totally. all that stuff. So I would say, I would say, definitely Zerg head on the wall. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hydralisk head. Delete number one for sure. Wow. But, but I do believe StarCraft Two belongs in the Pantheon a thousand years from now. I'll be sad if I go to my imaginary hard drive and there's no StarCraft 2. Fair enough. I agree completely. I think it beats all the Warcrafts and because I believe art exists in a vacuum. But in the question of, should you give more credit to the first one because it invented it or the second one because it improved it, I would compare them in a vacuum and say, well, the second one's better, so it wins. I would say this is one of the rare examples where I think StarCraft 1 should survive and not 2. Not because I I don't think that 2 is bad i think it's better it's a better game but i think that starcraft one as a cultural artifact is actually kind of an important game more than i think starcraft two is better than one like if i had to weigh those two commodities i would say starcraft one's cultural impact is really significant it like, is a lot of us who are just console gamers and that's a lot of people became pc gamers because of because starcraft of, yeah, RTS. that's massive and yeah, it launched know? a little thread of rts's that lived for a while yeah. and, and lived and died with starcraft i yeah. would say i've like, watched video tutorials on starcraft right. a thing that i would never do for almost any for a pc game, game especially Destiny. right you know like just i wouldn't do it but for starcraft it, you know it just it it's really a time yeah. investment like that this is a great game i really liked it a lot 
Great episode, man. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so this much for coming out. Please give us the full rundown on Dude. how all our fans can find everything you guys yeah. and John Cheese are up uh, First to. and foremost, if you guys want to support John Cheese, he is editor-in-chief over at themodernrogue.com. New episodes Love or new guy. articles every single weekday. Uh, it might uh, appear to be a familiar format to some of you out there. I heard they're all about how he grew up poor, right? Is that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He is not branched out at all. Okay. <laughs> that does show up. Okay. Okay. But uh, also, I co-host uh, the YouTube channel, The Modern Rogue, with uh, Jason Murphy. Uh, we're sort of a, a Kmart Mythbusters uh, on a quest to become the ultimate gentleman, warrior, and scoundrel. Love a yeah. lot of field testing of things to make you the most interesting person in the room. Uh, we're not very smart. We're not very talented. But g- golly, <laughs> are we trying hard. It's great That's for so picking. Picking up hobbies that are really fun and new, like that you wouldn't have thought of. Because when I heard it, I was like, you know, as someone who writes in these spaces and tries to think, what's the joke range for that? Right. I was like, that might be too narrow, man. I hope they can keep that going. Then I see all the things you keep under the rogue umbrella and I'm like... There's a lot more cool shit to do than I even knew existed, well, hobby-wise. In, in, yeah. in a way, our previous employer was a lot more narrow than what they're doing. Yes, like, agreed. Somehow. What, what's really interesting on the, TV, uh, on the YouTube channel is that uh, there's stuff that we're already fairly competent in and we can speak with authority on mm-hmm. because, you know, of, of what we do. Uh, 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 Jason's a, a horror novelist and a programmer and all this other stuff, and I, you know, tour as a magician and so on. But then there's other stuff where it's like neither of us know a goddamn thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden we're a couple of 40-year-old man babies trying to figure out like I don't what know what are these kids into today because we were all just the wrong age and yet the beat was pop culture so it had to happen right when Pokemon shit came up yeah in the writer's room it cracks everyone look at everyone like someone please take this I do not want to I don't know, and I don't care to learn about yeah, Pokemon. We needed to yeah. hire somebody three years younger, and yeah. that would have like, they would have known everything. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I guess the other nice thing is, uh, gentleman, warrior, and scoundrel means you know everything from improvised weaponry, and you know we did a, a desperate defense week where we you know beat each other up with you know bobby pins and and stab a lot things of crotch with, bites. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. <laughs> uh, but also like the gentleman category, I'm realizing how far I've got to go on that because it's like I want to do stuff like learn how to play shuffleboard. Yeah. Like, like like on the deck of the Titanic or whatever. Sure, yeah. you know. Be a scotch aficionado. Play cello exactly. as yeah. you yeah. drown. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Know what a hand-rolled cigar means. Wait, we did that. Yeah, yeah. Right. We, we went to Roma Craft yeah. Tobacco. It was I fantastic. Know it, yeah. I know what it means in theory. Well, you don't have to shame <laughs> yeah. me on this podcast with your right. knowledge, do you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, two days ago, I just got my first ever... Uh, shave with like a straight razor and the leather strap. And he's the, looking hey, real right. good. It's delightful. He's looking real Dude, good. Dude, once oh, you cross you. over to having somebody manicure your beard for you, oh, I, I can't go back. I hate small talk. I hate strangers and I hate barbershops. Yeah. But after this, I was like, this is a, t- a totally different experience. Yeah. I would do this once a month forever. I yeah. mean, you know, I've been rocking the like the unemployed chic for years now. Yeah. Uh, maybe this is a new a new twist in my narrative. Do here. it, man. Get you the know? straight it's razor very zen job. Because you mm. just go into a meditation. Like I just close my eyes and I'll, like I'll see the world in twenty thirty minutes, and then yeah. You, you, yeah, you go to cool head spaces. It's huh. The only part that scares me, which I imagine I'll get used to, is when he goes, "All right, I'm going to shave your neckline with a straight razor now." Just don't move, okay? <laughs> don't move. and You'll die if you You move. can't not think of gouts of blood shooting out of your throat. You know? <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like, it doesn't matter if he moves. I just did that to fuck with him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, it would be great. He's just like, uh, whatever you do, don't insult me during these <laughs> moments. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about a point you made on After Hours. Oh, see, I did not agree That's what I was going to say would be the scariest. If, if, if he made small talk like he didn't know you, and then he was like... Right. 
Remember that article you did about the <laughs> Mars rover? I really don't think aliens was the answer to the horror question, Michael. <laughs> Schlink. Yeah. All well, right. it's been fun. What and a with great that one. grotesque image, we'd love to thank Brian for being here. Absolutely. Dude, thanks thank for you guys in. so much for of having course. me on. This is a blast. Totally. It's 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 always a weird, intimidating experience to go from a fan to being on a thing, but uh, I've really enjoyed this. It's been great. We're so flattered that you bigger love the deal show. than us. That seems weird to yeah. me. But okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Peace if out. You say so. Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> peace out, Beanazoids. Bye, everybody. Fuck the Work complete. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Voice. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.